0: All right, so what we have going on this morning is, essentially, Sean finished the passion series, and he was like, I feel like there's something more, and he's like, but I don't really want to talk about it more, so he volunteered us, so <laughs> it, it didn't quite happen like that, That's a little bit more, you know funny than, than reality. But the reality is Sean wanted to get as many voices in on the conversation as he could. Uh, so that's what we're doing this morning. Uh, we have uh, these lovely volunteers who are here. We, we've invited them. We actually had a very long list of people to pick from uh, that we wanted to come, and some were out of town, and, and, and these guys were actually the, some of the first that we asked, so they were able to make it. Yeah. Uh, but th- these are people that um, are kind of living the the passion and purpose uh, um, Lifestyle, if you will. And so we just wanted to hear from them today and, and let them kind of speak from experience into um, your passion and your purpose. All right? Sound good? Yeah. Are we even awake? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, the front row, yay. Everybody else is like, Rrr. the front row is always like really loud. They're like, yeah, we're here. Like, I'm not talking to the people that are loud. I'm talking to the ones behind you that you can't hear because they're behind you. Okay. So, This morning, we have uh, Shanna Williams, we have Emily Larimer, we have Lee Heche, and we have Bill Boylan. So uh, each of you, you have a microphone in front of you, you're welcome to pick those up at any time. Uh, Just if you wanna set them down, you're welcome to, just do it gently, please. Uh, And uh, if if we could just have each of you, starting with Shanna, moving across, could you just tell us, um, I already said your name, but could you just tell us what you do like, what it is that you do that, that kind of brought us to, to ask you to join?
1: Um, so, my name is Shanna Grenz-Williams, and I am a, grew up as a pastor's kid, and I am married to the first man that I let kiss me. Um, <laughs> uh, we actually were first love, and then we didn't get married till we were 30, which is a huge testimony, but... Uh, One of the things that we determined as a married couple was to be givers into the body of Christ and to be people who God could call to blow open doors. Um, And then he could call who he needed to after that, after the door was open. So I would say that's our call. We currently um, run a music studio, have a traveling worship ministry called King's Poet. And we are local businessmen and entrepreneurs. We have children's centers and um, my husband is a football commissioner. So we kind of do a lot, which we'll talk about.
2: My name's Emily Larimer. I am a mom. I'm a nurse. I'm an intercessor and a keyboard player that nobody knows about. I work as a nurse for LifeSource, which is an organ procurement organization in the Midwest, there it's a federally um, designated partnership with hospitals, so that if you have the opportunity to share life on your way out of this earth, you can do so.
3: Hi, um, I'm Lee Hash, and uh, let's see, I'm a single parent. I'm a foster mom. I fostered for about 15, 16 years. I work with adults with developmental disabilities. I um, did a crazy thing and went to India once and stayed in a hut with a little family and fell in love with them. And I ended up going back and taking people. And we ended up uh, starting a 501C3 in a nonprofit that takes care of widows, orphans. We have two leper colonies. Um, It kind of has expanded from India to Nepal and a few other countries. Kind of cool. I've jet lag right now. I'm on an eight-hour time change, so just give me grace. <laughs> it was a good trip, though, this one, yeah. Um, so anyway, and I helped start the Open Suitcase Store nonprofit downtown. We buy things from artisans who are at risk for exploitation, uh, women who have been rescued from human trafficking, widows, and just impoverished people. We, it's like a global market. We buy things from them and donate the proceeds in our community, in the communities
4: where we work. I'm Bill Boylan. Uh, A few years ago at a family gathering, my youngest daughter came up to me, put her arm around me, and in a stage whisper so she could embarrass me and everybody could hear, uh, she put her arm around me and said, Dad, you know, we kids love you, but you're a strange little man. (laughs) And I take that as a term of endearment. I'm retired, I actually had three separate careers. I was a public school teacher for a while. Then I was a medical administrator in the veterans administration system. And then I was uh, both full-time and part-time in both the Air Force and the Army, uh, and retired after about 35 years in uniform. I retired 21 years ago. I asked God to let my retirement be a refirement, and He's been faithful at that. I've been on short-term missions, trips in various parts of the world, Uh, I've been able to write uh, three or four books, working on my next book right now, it's at the Publishers. Uh, As a matter of fact, some of my books are in the back. If you can't afford them, I'll give you one. Just let me know. Um, So I'm 81 years old. and plan to live another 30 or 40 years and serving God all the while.
0: Man, you guys are insane. You're doing all this crazy stuff and I'm like, I'm tired cuz I went to camp and I slept yesterday. <laughs> you guys are you guys are truly beasts in what you do. You're you're incredible. Uh, so the series, the Passion and Purpose series is rooted in Colossians 3:17. Uh, in case you weren't here or you don't remember, uh, that verse says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So, um, this is our practice service. We we try everything out this time around and the next service we do it a little bit differently. So, so I'm kind of like having to pre-work through some of this since it's our first time out. Um. The question is, uh, the the loose question is, was this series a good idea? But that's a yes or no question. So I I want to follow it up with, um, is pursuing passion and purpose in Jesus' name a worthy goal? Have you found that pursuing passion and purpose in Jesus' name is a worthy goal? And not everybody has to answer, but if you feel like you want to chime in on something, go for it. We can have a discussion. Uh, This is just... We just want this to be as organic as possible with me, not directly facing you. so. Uh.
4: I'd like to speak to that. As a matter of fact, uh, in the Passion Translation of the Bible, I made some notes. Uh, Ephesians 1.11 says this very thing about passion and purpose. Uh, Paul said, before I was even born, God gave me my destiny, good name for a church, Uh, that I would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every plan and purpose in his own heart. So I would say, yes, this has been a good series for me. Uh, Basically, it helped me take a good, long, hard look at myself to see if I'm still on track. Uh, The plans and purposes and passions that God put in my heart. Many years ago, when I first became a believer in Jesus.
0: Anyone else?
1: Uh, One of my favorite verses is Proverbs 31. And I know everybody talks about the Proverbs 31 lady. But verse 24 um, through 26 uh, is one you know, you see it on Facebook all the time. She laughs without fear of the future um, because she knows who her God is. But the first part of that talks about how she's sowing for her enemies she's making the translation of that the Canaanites and the Hebrews were actually enemies at the time and it, that scripture actually alludes to that she was making belts for them and um, I think that's so amazing because back in that day if you didn't have a belt you weren't going out you know it was literally what upheld you and so oftentimes when um, I look at that I think wow what am I doing for people who don't believe like me, don't look like me, don't have my same background. What am I knitting together for them as a covering? And I I mentioned that verse just because when I talk about purpose and passion, I think that our passions can exist and they can be crazy. My husband loves Harley Davidsons. You know, we can, we can love all these different things, but if we allow our person, Our passions to lie within our purpose, our purpose will sharpen it just like a coal turns into diamond or, you know, iron sharpens iron. So those two combined can be amazing. They also can exist by themselves and really asking God, what am I doing? You know, the Proverbs 31 lady everybody talks about was the good wife. Well, really, (laughs) she was where she was and she was making stuff for her enemies You know, and it allowed her to laugh wherever she went. So when people ask me about my passion and purpose, it's often this really long answer because God knows that he could ask me to do anything and I would do that. And in the face of a crowd, people are like, oh, Shanna, she's done so many things. Blah, 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 blah. And I want to stand before God and I want him to say, Shanna, you used everything I gave you. You used everything.
3: When God speaks to you and gives you a purpose, he will ignite the passion. They go hand in hand. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sorry, I said, I think I said, when God gives you a purpose, and when you, you, you know that purpose, when you hear that and can tap into it, then he ignites the passion. And so the two, they, they uphold each other.
2: Yeah. I see passion and purpose as a choice and that we're equipped. We're talking about Hills Alive and that I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. We are equipped. We are the sheep, we're in the, sh- the pastures, and we are equipped to have passion and have purpose. So I looked up passion in the dictionary. It says strong and barely controllable emotion. So when we're faced with suffering and death, pain, agony, crucifixion, that was the second definition. It was um, considering the life of Jesus in Google. So putting that together, we have every, what comes at us in the world is life and sorrow. And to work with that and have it come to the full, we are equipped and we can maximize to the point where when you wake up in the morning, it's a choice. I could choose to look at my Facebook, I can choose to read a Bible verse. When I go to breakfast, I can choose to have eggs or I could choose to have a hamburger bun. I could choose to go to Sam's Club and buy flowers for myself. I could also choose to buy flowers for my next door neighbor and surprise them. So whatever we do, we have a choice to live passionately um, and with purpose.
0: Awesome. Those are all fantastic answers. And while you guys were, were speaking there, I this is why we do this twice. I forgot to pray. Because <clears throat> I didn't write it in my notes, and I kind of, uh, whatever's next on the list is what I do kind of a guy. So we're going to pray in a moment. But before we do that, in the answer to this question, we heard four distinct answers. And part of the beauty of doing this sort of a thing is that not everyone here needs to hear the same thing today. Not every answer, like, like none of those answers were wrong, but not all of them apply to everyone in this room either. So if you're someone who has a purpose but doesn't have passion, I've been there. Like I've been the guy who like, oh, well, this thing needs to be done, but I don't care. Yeah. But if you have a purpose, God, give me passion for this. And he'll light you up, he'll light you up. And if you're, if you're a person who just... Maybe needs to have better choices, needs to make better choices, or uh, maybe you're the person who has been given much, but hasn't, gi- has been given, much but hasn't given much. Okay, so everybody's going to hear different things today, and that's okay, and all these answers aren't going to be the same, and that is absolutely okay. That's why we're doing this. So Holy Spirit, today I pray that you would speak to us through these people what you need each of us to hear as individuals. God, I pray that you would speak to us what we need to hear today. God, I pray that our hearts and our minds would be open to hear those things and that we would be able to apply them, that you would help us to apply them to our lives in ways that are useful and helpful, uh, not just for us, God, but more specifically, more importantly, for your glory and for your kingdom. Thank you for this day and this opportunity, God. In your name we pray, amen. amen. All right, so back into the, uh, back into the deal here. So um, one of the big ideas from this series was that purpose is bigger than our passions or platforms. Uh, how does your lifestyle like obviously we're talking about lifestyles at least in you guys' case for sure um, uh, so so how do, how do your how does your lifestyle embody this principle that our purpose uh, needs to be bigger than our passion or platform or did I totally read that wrong
1: <laughs> so I'm going to use uh, pastor Derek as an example along with ourselves um, Pastor Derek, I remember was giving a testimony one time that he wanted to be a worship leader, but God had called him to be a youth pastor in this season. So um, my passion is also worship. Um, you know, if God I will always be worshiped, just because I love the Lord. I play the piano, we sing. My husband is a two-time NAMI-nominated artist. Um, he can write about 100 songs a month. But when God calls us to do our passion, or when he asks us to do things, um, when it involves music, we, you know, of course we, we want to, we jump at it. But right now, one of our purposes is to be givers into the body of Christ. So he's called us to be businessmen. And I did not go to business school, and I've done a lot of things wrong, which I know is later in the text. But I... I'm like, you know, Lord, you know that I would, I would, you know, I spent a couple months in Africa in the Philippines, Mexico, you know, I would go there, Lord, you know, that I would be a missionary, and I would lead worship. And and I love that, you know, but right now, he has me in a purpose that has called me to children. And um, that goal, or that purpose is is allowing us to open doors and there are times when I can go in and I can sing a song and soothe a child and that passion of mine comes coming through that healing anointing of me will come coming through but there will also be times when I need to sit in my church, be a tither, cheer on the worship team and the gifts that are flowing through them because I can ignite with that passion. But they, they're in full-time ministry and so that's why God's called me here right now. You know, maybe he'll, he'll call me in different spurts to do things that I love, um, but in my purpose right now, it's allowing me to be a giver and it's allowing me to be a provider. And what if I said to the Lord, ah, oh, Lord, I don't wanna do that you called me to be a singer. You know, that's not, he, he's like, Shan, there's all these things that you could do. Your missions team is getting ready to go. Given to them. I just gave into the offering for Hills Alive. Hills Alive. I've been to actually every single one. It started at Heart Ranch, Hills Alive, 1985. And did you guys know, so the Gorders that are here, the Strivers that are here, and, um, you know, they're people that were part of my passion as my dad being a youth minister, and I was able to do music ministry with them. But their son, who you just saw stand up here about Hills Alive, I was part of his singing career, you know, and he's no longer with us. But I gave into Hills Alive. Because I want to be a part of every soul that is saved. I want to be a part of providing for every single volunteer. I want to be a part that Hills of Life can be so blessed that we not only pay for all the expenses, are able to bless everyone that's volunteered, but maybe God will call us to pay for a concert that isn't Christian and we can provide food for the band that is there. And they can say, who's this for? And we can say, oh, a local church just wanted to bless us. So that's why we want our purposes of God to be funded, to be paid for, to be volunteered, to go, so that we can be a connector into those things.
0: Anybody else?
3: Um, This is like a completely different kind of answer, but I love what you said. Amen.
1: And I want to be part of the suitcase so bad. (laughs) You see me go...
3: (laughs) Um, I'd, 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 when, when we're sitting here, and I hadn't thought about this before, but what just came to me was, when we're children, and we have certain longings and desires and dreams, and my mother couldn't find me, and I would be with the um, Rose, the old eighty-year-old neighbor, having tea with her, and I, I work with older people now, the older generation of adults with disabilities, and you know, I had the friends that nobody else liked. Um, I would dream about being in a country with thatch roofs and stirring rice pots. you know when other little girls were thinking about the the um, white picket fences and the husbands and stuff. I was always a little different in this way and, and I believe that God put this kind of purpose in me, even as a child, and I made a lot of bad choices, and I'm in a lot of ways, and I, you know, I could turn into a drunk and a drug addict, and you know, just so many things in my life. But God brought me back to that initial purpose that I believe He placed in me as a child, um, and I was thinking about this because, you know, my daughter is a missionary in Thailand, and when she was 10 years old at a newsboys concert, came up to me and said, "Mama, God called me to be a missionary." I said, honey, when did he call you? She said, he called me just tonight, mom. I said, well, let's go home and pray about it because I'm not equipped to train you up to do that. We need to get you in Christian high school. So we went home and we prayed and two years later, she started Rhapsody Christian and praise God, with my little income, we only had one late payment. Woo! (laughs) That was a miracle. Anyway, and then yesterday, my daughter said that her three-year-old daughter for the last six months has been telling her that she's going to open an acrobatic school. (laughs) And I said, honey, don't diss that. She might. She's been dancing since she could stand. So, you know, I've just been thinking about how God, as children, even. And he can ignite brand new passions as an adult. You know, we get saved and he could change our heart and bring us to our our original identity that we, we never knew because of our circumstances or our upbringing, excuse me. We didn't know, we didn't realize So, yeah, whether God's purpose was there as a child and he draws it out when you're older. I mean, I'm just now doing it. I'm 60 this year and I'm just starting, you know. Um, Or he places it there as a child and you start earlier. I don't know. But anyway, my thoughts.
1: I just want to give one more example. If Walt Disney would have only acted in his passion of drawing mice... You know, we would all be visiting a large exterminator business, you know, if that passion just stayed, you know, amongst drawings. But he found a purpose that was about so much larger than a mouse on a page, you know? And it has literally allowed people all over the world to come into those gates of Disneyland, Disney World, or, or whatever that might be. And so oftentimes, I think something that starts as a passion, when God breathes on it, you know, it becomes this purpose that is so much bigger than you.
0: Yeah, I've heard it said recently. Uh, it's been said a lot of times, but it's recently come, come out in front of me again. Uh, if, your, if your dreams and goals seem attainable, they're too small. And uh, I think that's what we're talking about, and, and I, I think it's just kind of a way to sum up everything that, that we've talked about on, on this point, is that uh, our passions tend to be things that we could do. Like, I'm passionate about this thing because I think that's something I could do, and it would be fun. But God's saying, you don't understand what you're capable of, yeah. I'm going to give you a bigger purpose yeah. and a greater platform than you can ever dream of. Yeah. So, so actually, living within our passion alone uh, limits us and yeah. limits our ability to reach out. So that's wonderful, guys. Um, I'm gonna skip, no, I'm not gonna skip because this one is possibly my favorite question and I gotta find it because I lost it, hang on. Okay, we're talking about the idea of finding your passion. And part of the reason that Sean loves this series um, is especially um, around this time of year uh, with all the the high school and college graduates getting ready to move forward, move on. They're they're questioning things, what do I do? What should I do with my life? Where am I going? and, and especially uh, w- w- with that in mind, and especially in the culture that we live in where everyone is um, looking into their future, they're saying you know, uh, either they're not happy and they're looking for something to make them happy or they're like, oh, I just wanna do something more, I wanna do something different. So um, talking about the idea of finding your passion, and we, I realize we've only got I'm watching the clock. We've we've got about 15 minutes, uh, maybe a hair more. But uh, how did you find your passion? Like a a specific, because there are people out here that are like, I'm not happy, I want something more, I'm not passionate about anything in my life, how do I find that? I know we talked about uh, God giving us purpose and then igniting that passion, but, but just a, a practical testimony, something that we can hear and be like, oh, maybe that'll happen for me, or maybe, maybe we've been given passion and haven't recognized it. I don't know how that's gonna work out, but um, if you guys could just uh, chime in on that. How did you find your passion?
4: I became a believer at age 18 while I was serving in the military. Jesus entered my life in his unbodied form of the Holy Spirit and I didn't know much about either Jesus or the Holy Spirit or God or anything like that but I knew sort of instinctively obviously that something had happened that I was becoming a new creation I didn't know much about how that worked. But um, as I say, I knew instinctively that something had changed. My life was going to take a new direction. And I needed to cooperate with this person who now lived inside of me. And I like the slogan, to know Christ and make him known. That just became something I, I just knew, something had changed inside of me, that I, I knew Jesus now, I, I knew God now, and that was a good thing, and I should tell others about him. And um, so I began to do that, and God has, I, I learned this early on. I'll, I'll try to put this the best way I can. I learned early on that I can't live a Christian life only Jesus can live a Christian life. I, after I'd been a believer about five years, I just quit trying to live a Christian life. I failed every time I tried. Then I realized that he's the only one who can live a Christian life. So I learned that all I needed to do was cooperate with him, let him live his own life in me, through me, for me, to me, as me. And so we just kind of went along I would ask him what he planned for the day. Um, He would lead me here or there and uh, have opportunity to tell others about him. I don't introduce people uh, or lead people to Jesus. Uh, I'm just an introducer. God is perfectly capable of converting people to himself, with or without me. But I'm just an introducer. uh, People come to know him wherever I happen to share a little about him, and then God is capable of, of uh, harvesting the seed that I've planted. And that's been kind of my life now for 63 years, just introducing people to Jesus, just knowing him and making him known.
0: Okay, then uh, let's do a, uh, this is actually amazing. Uh, I'll have to think about it for a while. Uh, personalize all that. Uh, so I, I want to stay on this idea of finding your passion because it is a huge thing in our culture. It's something that everybody's um, asking about, everybody's talking about. So uh, let's shift it and say, what advice or encouragement might you give to a person who is struggling to find their passion and purpose?
2: I've been contemplating this morning and into my head comes he walked on the water. He spoke to the sea. (laughs) Jesus' voice calms the storm and he walked on water. So he certainly didn't need to do those two things. His purpose was to come and save the lost. And yet he lives... So passionately, I was just floored, and that was the Holy Spirit. Because, yes, I have a passion um, to save lives, as do many of you, and it comes in the flavor of organ donation. Because of losing Nehemiah, and wanting, since I was little, I cry for people. Like that is my intercession: is to cry alongside someone or cry for them or cry with them and um, when you become that empty then God fills you back up. And like I said, he equips us to do our passion and our purpose. But for Jesus to walk on the water, Lori Johnson, um, who's come here often at church, she is a nurse and was at the VA and she came to Nehemiah's bedside and she actually watched him while I went and showered even though he was brain dead at that time I felt Like someone should be there. And she, about two weeks after Nehemiah was in heaven, she said, Emily had the most vivid dream. She's like, Jesus and Nehemiah were highlining together. Nehemiah was walking towards Jesus on a highline. They were laughing. She could see him joking. And when Nehemiah got over to Jesus, Jesus was like, whoa, Maya, nice job. Well, when I was on earth, I walked on water. So I dare you to walk over that other cliff over there where there was no line and walk on air. And he watched Nehemiah, or Lori watched Nehemiah walk over on air over to the other cliff. So yeah, so when you think of the passion of Jesus and his delight that he walked on water, I mean, that is our passion. We have passions, we have joys, we have gifts, we have talents and we, within that is our purpose.
3: Can you just say that question one more time?
0: Yeah, what advice or encouragement might you give to a person who is struggling to find their passion and purpose?
3: Okay, so when I got saved, like I had said, I was coming out of a lot of a mess and addictions and drugs and I, I, was, I was suicidal. I was trying to figure out how to do it. And I get saved, I open the Bible and pretty much like the next day I read, go ye. And it just, oh, you know, the fire just, it hit. And I remember going to, it was a while before I found a church and then I went to a church. I remember going to the pastor right away. He said, God called me to be a missionary. And I don't know what that is, but would you pray, you and the elders, and tell me what to do? You know, and I'm like, I'm ready. I'm now, right? Okay, it didn't happen. And life goes on and, and I raised kids and we didn't have two to rub together. And I was actually at a low point where I was feeling very um, ineffective and I wasn't, certainly wasn't feeling my spiritual height. You know, We think that we got to get it all together because now God can use me. Okay, I'm doing good now. So now God can take me to my calling, I'm ready. I wasn't, I was far from it. I was lonely at this time. And I got, it, it came through with me, a form of an email coming from a pastor in India, telling me about the orphans that he takes care of and the widows, and I wrote back. I said, what do you want? Who are you? And he said, we don't want anything. We want prayer and encouragement. Um, please encourage us, we have no one. And I made that choice to correspond and to write back and slowly, God kind of, I didn't know it was gonna be a thing, but God woke that up. He woke it up and in the back of my head, I'm thinking after you know a few emails, this could be something, but I didn't think it would be what it is now but don't give up if God calls you to a purpose uh, you know you've got a destiny and you haven't done it I don't care how old you are you haven't done it he can do it you can still do it don't give up on that dream and you don't have to be on your mountaintop for that to happen because he can come through and he can blast you right where you are when it's time so don't give up yeah
1: I think we as humans and even more so as believers oftentimes put a blinder on people who are dreamers because we don't, we don't want them to do something that's out of our expectation or anything that we've ever seen before or, oh, I just don't know if that's the Lord's dream for you because it doesn't sound like anything my God would tell you to do. And fear then begins to bury the things that God has planted inside of people. Like, I truly believe that somebody should have told Jimi Hendrix that he was an amazing worship leader. But he probably was judged by someone who was supposed to be carrying love. And this is not condemnation. I'm just saying, as our children are coming up, or as people come alongside us, or, you know, how many of us would just say to them, awesome, I've never seen that before. Do it. That sounds crazy. It doesn't sound like anything of what I would do, but how can I pray for you? For me, when God first called us into business, you know, I grew up in a trailer house. Part of my testimony is I was really successful at one time and I was sleeping in my car and I would drive to the gym just so I could take a shower. You know, my husband and I have fought addictions and and religion and you know, all kinds of things. And so when I started talking to God about, yeah, God, I want to be, I want to be this giver, I want to be this giver and this business person, I said, okay, God put me in a place that, you know, I, I am erratic. You know, I don't remember to pay my bills on time. You know, I, I'm like, everything that makes you great at business does not define me whatsoever. Like, practical is not an adjective that you would describe me with in any in any form. You know, so I had to learn to be like, hey, can you please forgive me? I didn't pay that on time. Yep, I'll, I'll pay that extra thing. Or, you know, I had to learn to, to and so if everybody saw on the inside, um, My business they'd be like you know but i said to the lord hey lord will you put me in a place of business that when i go home from work that night and you would say shanna i need you to pack a bag and fly to botswana tonight and help bring a foster child home that you wouldn't think twice because you had the means to do it and then i would fly back home and go back to work the next day that that's part of my desire or You know, we recently, the kidnapping that everybody heard about on the news on Tuesday night um, was actually connected to us, and I didn't know the little baby had been connected. I'm talking about the high-speed chase that was over 100 miles per hour, and the two female cops were there. I didn't know the impact. Um, That child actually came to our facility, and I walked into the Mexican restaurant that day, knowing that that child was missing. I walked in, his mom was waiting tables, she's a client of mine, and when she looked at me, I saw the desperation, not realizing the intensity of the situation, and I looked at her and I said, she's like, I'm so sorry, you know, when I know more, and I just, I grabbed her, and I said, I'm a mom right now, I'm a mom with you, and I'm asking the Holy Spirit to cover you like a blanket of peace, and I I know, Lord, that we don't know where that baby is, but that you do. You see him right where he is, meet all of his needs, and I pray right now for the heart of that father to turn and for you to bring that baby home. I got chills. My man, one of my managers sent me the report that there had been a high-speed chase of over 100 miles per hour and that baby had been returned to that mama tonight. If I would have come in there as a worshiper or any other thing, you know, instead of just a mom, you know, it would have been crazy. But God calls people to things and it's our job to stir it up. And that's how I found my passion. I thought I was passionate about all these things. And then when I saw people like... <gasps> oh my gosh, God will let me do that, or God's allowed me to do that, or, you know, I'm like, yes, he's so creative. He's so abundant. He is such a good God that I would not put limitations on you out of my expectation, and I think that's the number one thing. If people are putting fear, fear, you know, perfect love casts out all fear. If there's fear surrounding you, your passion will be cloudy. You know, your purpose will be cloudy. Get to a place that the people that are speaking over you or in the presence of God, you know, get into worship, get into prayer and say, God, right now I- I'm worshiping you, but what are you saying about me? What are you passionate about me about? And he might say, Shan, I'd love to hear you play the piano. Or he might say, Shan, I need you to go plant a garden for your neighbor. And I, if you don't know, I kill every plant that I've ever had. And I would question, you know, but I know that that's God saying, come out from your comfort zone. So when people would say, get out of your comfort zone, get out of your comfort zone. I'm like, okay, but where I'm comfortable, I feel like I can hear better, you know, because when we're uncomfortable, you know, when we're driving in that blizzard, you know, it's like, everybody be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, you know, but fear is surrounding us. So fear is the killer of your passion and purpose and God's love for you. He loves your purpose. He loves those passions because he's the one that called you to them. Um, right now my husband and I are doing a business deal with someone who's Muslim. And if I would have walked in there and been like, Oh, I'm, I'm a Christian. And you know, how many, you know, that all those stigmas would have come funneling through his mind, but I came in there. God has been dealing with me about not asking people for a discount. Um, uh, because if we're called to, you know, be a blessing. Um, and so I said to him, hey, I, I need this price, but I'm not asking you for a discount. I'm asking you if we can stay in this budget, it will allow me to continue being who I am, which is a giver. And he was like, wow, I, I see you know, that you're asking that. So we've become really good friends with him. He was showing us around some of the stuff that he has done around our community, which is amazing. And we walked by this piano and, and my husband said, oh, my wife plays the piano. And he said, oh, you do? And I said, yeah. He's like, oh my gosh, would you play something for me? How many of you know? I I could not just think of a single chord progression, you know. And I sat down at that piano and I played. Your gift will make room for you. Your gift will bring you, uh, you know, in front of the people that are influential. And at that moment, when your gift brings you to that place, don't be a doubter And nor be this person that's, you know, I wasn't about to play him, you know, something from John Legend, you know. I just sat down, I played a few chords. That music that is my passion, that was actually a worship song and he didn't know it, unlocked him, this Muslim who does millions and millions and millions of dollars in our community. And do you know what he said to me? I would love for my daughter to come learn from you. So let me put that in spiritual terms. I, a non believer, recognize the anointing in your life, and I would like to give you my seed. Jesus! All right!
5: Dang! Oh, wow. Yeah. If you must. But she brought up, you talk about your purpose and your calling. I don't know if I'm on, but. Um, that high speed chase with that baby and her prayers, I was training that female that spiked that car. And by the grace of God, we made this crazy loop way out of our county. And as that car is coming and going north, on New Underwood Road at about 100 miles an hour, we were in the absolute perfect spot to put the spike strips down, which is what we needed to do to stop that car, because people think you spike a car and it just goes out of control and it doesn't. It's like getting a nail and you're tired. So this car comes flying by us at 100 miles an hour. We have the spike strips out. We pop all four tires and that thing very slowly comes to a stop and he does a loop and he crashes at a very low speed because that baby was in that car, in a car seat, not buckled in and that car seat wasn't buckled into that car. So God does answer your prayers and he will put you in the place you need to be to fulfill your purpose. And for those of you who don't know, that's, I'm a deputy sheriff in that that tall, uh, that, that one female, I was training her that day.
1: The one female he was training, he's on our church leadership. He's married to our children's pastor. Yeah. And that anointing that God has put on him as a daddy and a deputy whoosh, sifted through the person he was training and allowed her to be a comfort. It, I'm telling you, you have no idea... You have no idea.
3: I love hearing the rest of the story.
0: (laughs) It's so much better than what you read online. That's a great story. Okay. I was going to ask one more question and then as, 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 as the answers kept coming and everybody kept talking, I realized that the question has been answered, but I want you guys to know the question that I was going to ask next. And then we'll connect that really quickly. Um, The question was going to be, how do you live your faith? Sorry, how do you live out your faith in darker corners of culture? Uh, Because as we look across the stage, and Jim, this is all great stuff to talk about Sunday morning, right? Safe place, air conditioning, we're all Jesus people, everybody loves everybody for the most part. Uh, (laughs) We're human, we're human, but it's still Sunday morning. It's really easy to talk about this stuff here, but we don't live here. We visit here, we live in darker places and so we've heard about you know Shanna has has reached into all kinds of different places in our in our in our town and in our state um um emily you deal with death that's where you eh, right i've spent a little bit of time there this year i could not live there yeah. but you do um lee you're you're traveling to places where a lot of people don't like to leave their town or their state, but you travel all over the world in all kinds of safe, unsafe places, places where, where like fully grown like strong men would be like, I ain't going there, but you walk in there with, with faith and, and trust that God is going to protect you, and you come out shiny on the other end with all kinds of testimonies on the backside. And, and Bill, I don't know if everybody knows this, but spending X amount of years in the military, military is not a clean place to live. It's not. And, and not only did you come out of it um, uh, with, with a passion for God, but you came out of it with passion that said, I want more. So how do we live out our faith in darker corners of, of culture? These guys have answered that. God points you where you want to go, where he needs you to go, and he gives you the gifts that you need to deal with the situations that he puts in front of you. One step at a time, day by day, as we go up the stairs.
3: All right? And, and don't let go. It can be really dark. I'm telling you, I have been beat up. I've come back erect, but don't let go. You sometimes can only hold on to the thread that's to the hem of his garment. Don't let go. All right.
0: So I'm going to pray real quick, and then we're going to to move on. God, again, I thank you so much for today and this opportunity to hear testimonies of, of what you do. Hear testimonies of how you're a good, good father who has good plans for us and follows them through to the end. Yes. God, I pray that you would help each one of us to, to learn and apply and grow from the testimonies that we heard today. God, that you would show us our next steps. That you would show us and help us to take the steps and not the elevator, God. That we'd be willing to, to not just want passion because we're passionate but to have passion paired with purpose and not to just have a purpose that we do because it needs done, but to have passion about the things that we do, God. We're holy and awesome and wonderful. Thank you so much, Father. In your name we pray, amen. Hey, can we give these guys a hand, please? They did such a good job.